Sun was out, the sun was out. Sun was out, the sun was out. Sun was out, the sun was out. Yeah. It's gonna go a little bit like this. Check Falling in love with myself. Too many times I said hate. Too many times that I dwell. People said that I fail. People said that I melt. Fuck. Falling in love with my glow. Even when I'm in my low. Even though niggas stay broke. Even if niggas don't blow. I was still shining my glow. Bro. They cannot limit my rebel. They be the ones to my trouble. They cannot judge my rebuttal. They cannot judge how I hustle. They cannot judge how I tussle. See? I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to not die. I've been at war with myself. I'll be the one with this belt. Thank you for all of your help. Welcome, welcome back to the Simply King Podcast. And this week is a good one, y'all. This is Rodney Perry, the king himself. And I just really want to just jump right into this topic, y'all. It's really, it's, I think it's a very deep one. Um, I feel like I've just really realized a interesting thing that I'm kind of coming up on, really just showing the layers of this human experience that we all are experiencing in different ways and so when it came to this specific topic for this week i had to think of no other but one person coming all the way from the bay you know yay hey. <laughs> um i had called on my my friend sophia jackson to come back she uh actually guested before on a previous podcast of mine sometimes I think it was early, either early this year, or early uh, late last year, um, about social media. You know, uh, a graduate of Columbia, the great Columbia University, and in, in New York. Because you know, I'm in Chicago, so people might get that confused. Um, so, yeah, but she's she coming out of NY now. She's studying law at Fordham, correct? At Hofstra. Hofstra, excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. See, that's why we're here. That's why we. we gotta, <laughs> That's why you here. That's why I didn't do this without you, you know? And no pre-record. That's, uh, that's how y'all know. But welcome, everyone. Sophia Jackson. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be back. Oh, yes. It's, it's, it's so dope. It's so dope. And the topic, if you couldn't figure out from the title, everyone, um, is dealing with, you know, it was dealing with the topic of racial identity and even more specifically, um, the human experience of someone who is living a duality or a multiplicity or, or whatever you want to call it um, within this, you know, social existence that we all kind of live in and currently in this world. Um, I really just want to jump right into it, though. I really want to know, because I don't want to give too much about, you know, <laughs> I, could, I could speak all day about you, but I feel like it would be best to come from the source. So tell me, let's talk about your upbringing or whatever. Okay. Like, so I told him you from the Bay. Yes. I noticed uh, it's a lot of like, it's a, it seems like it's a lot of, you know, like mixed children or just, yes. it's a lot of, you know, just interracial dating or interracial like families um, that come out of the Bay. Is that the truth? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I grew up um, in East Oakland. And I definitely grew up in a very diverse place as a whole. My neighborhood perhaps wasn't that diverse, but Oakland as a whole, the Bay Area as a whole, is hella diverse. It's normal to be mixed. It's not um, a strange thing. It's not a weird thing. So I definitely grew up in that kind of community. Um, just to clarify, I am half African American and half white Australian. Mm. But I put that Australian in there because my white family is not American. None of them live here but my mom. My entire family is in Australia. So that's a big difference for me because I have no identification with white Americans at all. All of my family here in America is black. So. Growing up in the Bay, I grew up in a black neighborhood. Um, I went to a predominantly black schools. And really, culturally, I identify with being a black woman from Oakland. Man, that is deep. Oh, keep, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> it's so deep. Um, it's been interesting moving to New York because in New York, everyone thinks I am Puerto Rican or and based on my appearance, I'm very fair-skinned. I have curly hair. Um, 
And that's a very Puerto Rican or Dominican look. So I'm flattered and I get it. I get why people think that's uh, my ethnicity, but it's not. So it's been interesting. Literally every day someone comes up to me and speaks Spanish to me when I'm in New York because they think I'm Latina. Um, So that's been an interesting aspect of me finding my identity, moving to New York when I was 17 and realizing that I'm quote unquote racially ambiguous and what that actually means um, on the day to day, Mm. especially when I identify as black and Australian and people don't really get that because when I say I'm mixed black and white, there's this automatic assumption that my white family is from like Wyoming or something like <laughs> middle oh, yeah. America. That's you know? exactly what they think. Yep. So I, I really do pride myself in being Australian and it's a completely different culture. And don't get me wrong, there's issues in Australia too, but I pride myself in being Australian and I pride myself very much in being black. So also in my household, and please stop me if I'm talking too much. Girl, speak your <laughs> um, truth. Speak your truth. <laughs> my dad, uh, I guess was, he's still alive, so I don't want to use the past sense, but was a Black Panther and mm. converted to the Nation of Islam in the 60s. So when you pair those two things together, I think you can get a pretty good picture of uh, how pro-black my dad is as a person. So I grew up in a very, very pro-black household. I learned about the Black Panthers like ever since I can remember knowing about Huey Newton, knowing about Malcolm X, growing up listening to uh, Elijah Muhammad. Mm. And I feel like that experience also obviously has shaped me um, in the pride and excitement I feel in being black. And I really grew up with that being deep rooted in my household, more so than, or not more so, but in a different way than a lot of other people in my community. Um, I think that's also a big factor in my activism, how liberal I am, my feelings on going into law for specific reasons um and that's definitely a big factor in my identity oh my god <laughs> yeah. that's amazing though like and that's and that's and i say that's amazing because i feel like people really don't sit down and truly retrospect on their lives and understand how their individual experience is a very unique one mm-hmm. and also how individuals can find strength or find some type of motivation with their, you know, with the similarities that you guys may have. Like it may be a little girl out there, you know, and somewhere in East Oakland who, right. who's, whose father's this and mother's that and the family ain't really cool with the whole union and it's like, damn. Like, but y'all, y'all mad at me, but I didn't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you coming from a very, very interesting extreme, I'll say, from or a great example, but it definitely, you know, two two sides of two different sides of the spectrum. Absolutely. And it's inspirational to see that, you know, you're proud at the same time. You see what I'm saying? Like I feel like when it comes to when it comes to uh today's world, when you meet someone who is, you know, biracial, multicultural in any in any way and they identify themselves as that, mm-hmm. I feel that there's this very strange uh push and pull Right. People force on, you know, on people who identify as that, they kind of like, well, you got to kind of choose in certain situations or if there's a certain conversation, then we really are going to look at you like, so who decides you on today? Because we need you to be with us right now. Or, you know, right now, this is this, this is what's going on. How do you feel about this? Because I know, you know, that's your mama, that's your dad, or that's your cousin, but they fucking up, you know? And it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting because I, Coming from the South, it's a whole nother thing. And just to give you even more perspective, personally, I used to see it the most, you know, like I used to see it the most probably like going to the grocery store, going to Walmart or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm from a small town. And anytime I see, a, you know, a real, you know, elderly 
a white couple with their real, you know what I'm saying, fair-skinned, big-head grandchild, you know, <laughs> fair-skinned, big-head grandchild. Boy or girl, it's usually a girl, though. I always think, like, man. Like, and they, they always be about, like, look like they're in the 60s and 70s. Like, I hope they ain't never say. I, I hope they were never prejudiced in life. You know what I'm saying? Right. This is big karma. Difference. Like, karma's a bitch. And I feel like right. that's the best way to get back at her. You know what I'm saying? Like, you right. felt this way during your time. Right. Absolutely. And your child, your child that you raised and might even, you know, gave some of those slight influences. Right. Was so, was such an individual or such, such a, he or she was such themselves that they was like, well, I kind of want to, you know, get with Jamal. I kind of want to get with Keisha <laughs> because they fine and they, they coming at me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And if they, they coming at me this strong, I kind of want to see about this, you know? Well, yeah, it's, and, it's interesting. I definitely think, um, like, our generation, when we start having kids as a whole, mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be a lot more mixed children. It's going to oh, be I, a lot harder to really like quote unquote stick with one thing um and then the flip side of that is like i'm mixed so my kids are basically going to be whatever their father is like if i had kids with a white man my kids would be white essentially kind of yeah kind of one black grandparent like yeah yeah and if I have kids with a black man, my kids will be black. So it's, it's an interesting thing to think about what that means of how many kids are going to be for things. You know, I have kids with a mixed man or whatever. I definitely think that's changing rapidly. Yeah. Um, it's changing super rapidly. And that brings us into like dating and what it means to date when you identify as more than one thing. Um, tell me, tell me how it is, and you know, just to speak my truth right now, you absolutely. know, just to speak my truth. Go ahead. I um, it's crazy because I'm one of part of that, you know very stereotypical uh part of black culture when you say you know you got a little Indian in your family, <laughs> right? <laughs> I really can't say that to people because they literally don't believe me, right? Because they think it's a joke, but it's the truth, right? <laughs> it's the truth though. <laughs> I, I, I laugh. That's I right. laugh, but they don't care. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and I say it, I say it just to, you know, because as a child, you know, as a child, I heard that, you know, I heard that, you know, as a child, like they, they was telling me like, he's going to get dark or whatever. Like mm -hmm. just the rest of his family, he look, he got to, he looked just like, you know, such and such and this mm -hmm. and that person. And when I finally, I reconnected with my father, um, uh, last, last year. And I had asked him about it because I, I always heard my mom speak about it, but I thought she was just playing, you know? Hey. But he told me like, yeah, it's, yeah. He was like, yeah, we are. And, and it's close too. It's not like it's, you know, you know how when people say that they're, they're really thinking like this from somebody from the eight. Great, great, great granddaddy, right? No, nah, no. Nah, he was like, it seems to go back probably like about three generations for us. And I was just like, damn, that's close. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like, that's close as hell. And then like, he was telling me about certain cousins, and I met some of my cousins who I was just like, yeah, I see that. I see, like, right. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely a little bit more with them, you know? And yeah. it's interesting because it's like, I never I never get that. I've, I've tried, you know, people try to, you know, throw, you know, different type of identities or labels on me just because the way I may appear in certain, certain instances <laughs> or just what they mm -hmm. assume. But I find it interesting, though, the life that people who quote-unquote, are outwardly seen as multicultural. Because I feel like everyone really is, no matter what right. you want to break it down. Everyone really is mixed with a little bit of everything. So right, we're all mixed with something. We all mixed with something. We all mixed with something. Fun fact for everyone who's listening in, and maybe it's the first time you probably heard it too, Sophia. The guy, I got to find out his name. The person who was the dad on Arrested Development. Uh-huh. It's actually, uh, I think, either an eighth or a sixteenth black, and he discovered this by doing his genealogy, right? Not, not knowing what's going on, and he essentially found out that his, his name's Jeffrey Tambor. That's his name. Uh huh. Uh, and he found out that there was his, like his, I think his great grandfather, like passed his, his great grandfather passed his white. 
he was the one who kind of started oh wow this kind of like shift in his family's identity and basically kept that going married you know married and had children with a white woman you know Mm -hmm. kind of and just allow society to kind of do their you know due diligence to make sure that stayed the way it is right now he comes however old you know however old man he is and finds out that it's a part of him he never really knew anything about and that's why i said that's why i claim you know that that native american blood you know that even though it's you know how small the drop is this is what makes up me and i feel like you gotta you gotta you know acknowledge all those things and claim all those things because i feel like they really 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 affect you and i think it's so important especially when you're black in america because and from quote unquote from here um because we don't know like we don't know we can't go back too many generations because it was erased that that our culture where we're actually from we're not able to go back the way maybe someone that's nigerian american can go back or the way someone that's i don't know insert anything can go back generation 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 and we're not able to do that so i think it is important that we do find what we can know about where we're from and what areas in the south we were in or whatever it is because that is our culture and that's important for us to remember that it is a culture and it is um you know how we made it to where we are today most definitely most definitely and like speaking of just you know because like you know we just we spoke about you know ancestors let's go back to children okay what do you think about this you know how society kind of like fetish fetish I can't say the word fetish fetishizing <laughs> over you know especially and you see it a lot with the you know within the black community over you know children who come from a mixed stock you know right like, you know i want to date a white boy to give me some you know my baby mm-hmm. have good hair or you know his yeah. you know his mm-hmm. uh his mama mexican so that's why his hair looked like that or that's why her hair looked like that so on and so forth why do you think that is such a um, a thing. What do you, what is your stance on it? Why you- I think I think it's um, extremely extremely deeply rooted in the conscious of Black Americans that light is right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about it, like there are some valid reasons for that to to be a, a thing in our culture. You go back to the way even slaves were treated. Um, it was a very big difference. And that was by design, that was on purpose. Slave masters wanted lighter skinned slaves and darker skinned slaves to not like each other so that there was a divide between black people. Word, word. Um, So that's by design and it works very well. And I think it's, it's more deeply rooted in our beauty standards and just um, Americans as a whole, we have such an, unattainable standard of beauty that is really geared towards being like a blonde haired blue eyed white woman with black features with big lips and hips and ass um so i think that feeling of oh i want my daughter to have good hair i want i want to have kids with such and such so they can look like such and such i think it is a big fetish and it's so deeply rooted that people don't even understand what it means when they're saying that. Um, and I find that in my personal life, like the amount of men that approach me because I have curly hair and they walk up to me and they're like, I like your hair. And that's great. And I'm black. Like that's be- We all have preferences and I get it. That's cool. But it's oftentimes a fetish. It oftentimes is I saw curly hair and I'm running to that because that's quote unquote like the good thing. Mm. And I think that's um, that's a huge problem. And I definitely see that in my personal life. And then being in New York and I say I'm from California, that's like another step in the direction of something quote unquote good. So it's very interesting um, to navigate that and what that means dating and what that means when we want our daughters to look a certain way yeah because that means they're gonna grow up and be attractive exactly like automatically right it has nothing to do with 
how they look as a child, it's be because you want them to be attractive when they're older. You're fetishizing your child as a sex symbol. And I think um, that has to change. It does. It does. And the crazy thing about it is, it really, I always, always found it, you know, crazy that people did that. I always found it, you know, very strange, very odd. Um, mm. And expect, you know, from any, from, from my own family and anyone else, um, I definitely have family members who, who had interracial, you know, interracial uh, relationships and had children, you know? And I think right. it's dope. Like, I grew up with, you know, with some cousins who were, who were mixed. And I thought, oh, I never, I think because I was exposed to it so early, I never had a, had a, the time to, you know, be stained with some type of right. boy. It's kind of like mm -hmm. my cousin, like, that's my auntie Lisa. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's funny because she is like, like thinking back, she is kind of like the prototype to, you know, how they try to like make fun of the Southern white woman who dates a black man. Right. In the sense of like, she got that haircut, like a real short cut. <laughs> she got like the blonde and got like the blonde streaks in it, you know, she kind of, she kind of might have a little hips or something, you know, she, and she real down, you know, it's, right, right. it's funny, it's funny, but, but yet she still extremely extremely you know white and um i mean mm -hmm. she had me eating like squirrel stew one time it was ridiculous uh <laughs> didn't tell me what it was though but she had me eating it. it was bomb i can't stunt i ain't gonna front thank yeah, you Aunt Lisa, wherever, wherever you at i appreciate that but um but i do want you know because you just said something about you know being approached and how it was you know when it comes to dating mm -hmm. okay what do you think about this whole ideal of you know kind of like racial preferences in terms of dating. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you have this real big uh, thing on like being foreign now, you know what I'm saying? A lot of black guys and white guys, honestly, right. all, all men, uh, I feel like all men really fetishize on, you know, just really kind of go after or want something that's not, I guess, quote unquote, their race or what they're used to or what their mom looks like, you know? Mm. Black mm -hmm. men, black men want every, really, uh, black men want everything but a black woman. Uh, yeah, I I think you know, you know, no shade, no shade to other black men, but I feel like a black man actually has better chance of getting with a black woman. I mean, with a black man than a black woman does, um, which is cool. I'm all I'm all here for it, right? But that's an interesting dynamic that right. you have so many, so many black men who rather you know go after this very, you know, exotic looking woman or just something that looks different, whatever, whatever, whatever. Tell me, tell me what you think is, what's, what's your, you know, what do you think about this whole ideal of right. having this racial preference? Right. I think, um, you know, on a very, very light level, I think people are attracted to what they're attracted to. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I'm attracted to black men. I like black men. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like. Mm -hmm. White men don't like me. I'm rarely ever approached by a white man. Damn. That's okay. That doesn't bother me. But what makes it dangerous, Rodney, what makes it dangerous is when it's perpetuating some type of stereotype or perpetuating, like, I don't date black women because they're too angry. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's what? when it becomes a problem um and this whole push of like foreign women and it goes back i feel like it's very closely intertwined with that unattainable beauty standard you have all these women getting plastic surgery yeah. and that's seen as the norm and that's not normal um your body was not like that until you paid for it mm -hmm. and women whose bodies were like that are usually black so yeah. it's, it's a really dangerous and vicious cycle, I feel like. Um, and then also black men have their their choice. They can date whoever they want because they, a lot of times, there's less available black men. And that really changes the dynamic because mm -hmm. um, they feel like, I don't, I'm not a black man, so I, I can't speak for what black men feel like, but <laughs> if, if I could choose between 20 people 
and I know all these 20 people want to fuck with me, I'm going to be an asshole too. So there's definitely a little bit of that, I think, factoring in in a lot of places. Um, just the availability of Black men feels like there's more women vying for that position than there are men available. I, I can I can I can see why that uh why you got to that point. I definitely mm-hmm. can because thinking about conversations I've had with, you know, a mixed group of friends and my coworkers, you know, speaking to them, I've heard them say, you know, I bet you can get anyone you want. Like I've heard them say that, you know? Right. And it's like, but you can too. Like that's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah. It's like, nah, because, you know, black chicks really ain't wouldn't dig me or this, that, and the third, or I couldn't do this, or I couldn't do that. You know, it would like be a very like they they put me in this category of like you kind of like you may be like an all purpose or a universal good looking person and I'm a kind of like moderately good looking. I'm gonna look good to people who are either the same race as me or look good as people as, you know, who may have dated someone outside their race before. Right. And and that's it. It's kind of like the very end of it. But I, I think it's interesting because I've never dated a white woman myself. Mm-hmm. I've dated, um, I've dated biracial women. And, right. And, you know, and it was dope. It was a dope-ass experience. You know what I'm saying? Of course uh, it was. <laughs> it was a dope-ass experience. Um, one specifically, I feel like impacted the most because, uh, because she, she, her mom, her mom's Korean, her father's black. And I'm talking about the first day. I came to her crib with like culture shock. You know what I'm saying? Cause my mom was like OG Korean. You know what I'm saying? Young, real fair skinned, like really extremely fair skinned. And like she was like cooking and doing all this for her son cause he was going off to college. I was still in high school, but her older, her older son was still going, he was about to go off to college. So she was making all this food for him so he could take with him to college. So I'm in the kitchen with him just minding my business, you know? And not mm-hmm. trying to be in the way and just, you know, chilling, talking. And she like literally shoving food in my mouth with her hands. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like my to be girlfriend was like right here next to me, just feeding her face. You know what I'm saying? Right. And she was eating like she was eating down. Like I'm talking about all this. And her mama, <laughs> her mother, was like feeding me. You know what I'm saying? Like try this, eat this, try this, eat this, eat this, try this. You know what I'm saying? I've never ate that much in my life. My stomach wasn't <laughs> upset. I was surprised. But it was, it was a great experience, and just you know, her telling me about everything that she, you know, she went through, she goes through, and everything. It's so, so, so interesting. You know, it was a good time. It was a good yeah. cultural experience. You know what I'm saying? But also, in the same breath, I was like one of the first black guys her mom ever liked that she ever dated. You right. know, it's interesting because she, you know, of course, married and had two children with a black man. She all she told me, like not her mother, but her daughter told me that she always wanted her to date a white guy. Right. I don't know why. Never asked her mother why. But I always thought it was interesting, and I I love my mother for being very um, open. I think I could have always, you know, probably could have any time brought a you know white woman home because mm-hmm. because her cousin, you know, right, who is who was uh, who was with my auntie Lisa. That right. happened way before I even got here. So mom's mm-hmm. already neutralized to all that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I do believe a big part to why I'm not, uh, I'm not as, I, I won't say attracted to white women is because they don't approach me either. You know what I'm saying? They don't give me them vibrations. They don't give me them vibes. You right. know? Um, they, I feel like, you know, throughout my time on this earth, I've gotten a few, got a here and a there, but it's not, in it's the not- way that I get it from black women. It's like, yeah. oh, you you really want to see something about this, huh? I feel you. <laughs> so about this. You know what I'm saying? If anything, it may be like, I'm curious. I'm going to make sure you kind of know I'm curious. But I really, if you say something to me, I really might like dish your ass because I ain't never dated a black dude. Like, that's the vibe I get if they are interested. It's a very kind of like hot, cold type of feeling, you know? Yeah. And, and when it comes to everything else, I feel like... Uh, uh, and I think that has sculpted my quote unquote preference. And when it comes to me like looking at or being attracted to anything outside my race, a lot of them have qualities of black women. I've never thought about myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Like 
if it's a white woman, it's because her lips are full or she kind of she kind of got like a little hip. You might have right. ran a little track, did a little volleyball. <laughs> if it's a Spanish, if it's a Spanish woman, it's one of them Spanish women that are prime. You know, Spanish women hips be like out this world. Right. And especially I'm in Chicago, so it's that it's Spanish women galore. So I see so many different people all the time. I'm just always people watching. It's like, oh, okay, I see, I see what the, I I get the hype now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I think for you as well, had a large effect on your preference. Or, you know, what, you, what you've seen as your preference. Because I don't believe in type person. I feel like, you know, you like what you like and don't ever, you know, throw yourself in a box of this is the only right. person or this is the only thing you could ever date. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because you never know, you know? John yeah. K plus, plus eight happened. And who knows if either one of them thought that was going to ever happen. I might walk around the corner and sweep me off my feet. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you seen a movie something new, you know? <laughs> You damn near, you damn near, you damn near Sanaa, girl. Right. <laughs> Shit. That's funny. I think she was um, a lawyer in that movie, too, wasn't she? I think she was a lawyer in that movie. Look at actually. that. Look at that. That is funny. You better get, you better get your little Sanaa Lathan on. <laughs> I think a big thing for me is, um, is culture. Mm-hmm. And what, what culture can I identify with? Um, and... In my experience thus far, it has not been with a white man. But in saying that, I have not tried, so I can't. I can't write it off. Right. Um, because right. I, I, I haven't put in that effort. But I think it's a similar thing to what you were describing. I don't get that feeling from white men. Yeah. Uh, if I'm, you know, out or even just walking down the street, whatever it is, that's not the vibe I get. So I think I just the opportunity hasn't really presented itself. Very true. But it is a big cultural thing for me. Um and that's really important. But that culture, just because you're black doesn't mean we're from the same culture. Exactly. Um there are a lot of black people at Columbia and we weren't the same. And that's okay. We're not a monolith. We don't have to all be the same. We're not but it is, it is, a, I think for me, my preference has been a cultural thing for better or for worse. Um, because sometimes that means like tattoos and chains. And maybe I shouldn't date men with tattoos and chains right now. Like, you know, it, it really, for better or for worse, it's a cultural thing. Um, but it is, it's interesting to think about. I'm glad, I'm glad you said it about college. Like, tell me more about, because you went, because, you know, I went to HBCU. Everyone right. listening, I went to HBCU, so I, I would never ask a question about how diverse my campus was because it was not diverse in a sense right. of uh, racial uh, ethnicity, right? Cultural ethnic, you know, cultural diversity for sure. But racially, Absolutely. oh, it was about ninety nine percent. Just for everybody right. who, who, who listened, <laughs> CAU was it definitely uh, a cornerstone of a black college. But you, went to, you went to Columbia, so I. And, you know, a cornerstone of white privilege. <laughs> you say what? A cornerstone of white privilege. Oh, it, oh, oh. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me what was because because I read in USA Today that you know on college campus this is probably the most you know the most you see when it comes to like multiracial relationships. You know because it's like we're all existing, we're all right here, we all cohabitating. Of course, you know, some mingling is going to go down. You feel me? Absolutely. Especially absolutely. at these big one schools. My girlfriend, she went to uh, U of I. And that's a big okay. school. These big ass football playing dudes. Right. Watching the shit out of, you know what I'm saying? Becky. Let me not Becky. say Becky. No, don't say um. Becky. Don't say <laughs> Becky. But, you know, Stephanie Ann. And, there we go. And, there we go. And goddamn, you know, Laura, Laura, you know, Laura and them. You feel hey, me? So. Laura. Exactly. That's, exactly. that's exactly. So tell me, how did you notice? Did you notice a you know a large kind of like intermingling of races on your yeah, campus? And I, was it and was it something that people actually praised? Like, oh, we love you know Jamal and Jessica being right, together. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think I have a couple of answers for that question. Okay. First, um, because Columbia, the type of sports that are big at Columbia are Ivy League sports, which is like an actual thing. It's hella weak. So it's like fencing like fencing and archery so we don't have that same type of like oh the basketball player like oh the football player 
because our teams don't win and we play other Ivy League teams. So it's not as competitive in that way. Mm. So I feel like even though a lot of those athletes were and are black, there wasn't that same type of um, prestige with, with that position because people just thought you got into Columbia because you played football and didn't think you were smart enough to be there. And it might have backfired and been used against you instead of as something to be praised for, which I feel like a lot of other schools have more of a culture surrounding praise for athletes. Most definitely. Um, but in terms of interracial dating, honestly, I didn't see it as much as you would think. Really? Uh, there's a large Jewish population at Columbia and Damn, that make a lot they, of sense. Date, they date each other and that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's what it is. So I really do feel like in my thinking back to Columbia, that wasn't really a huge thing that happened. Um, not with my friends and not with the people I was close with. There really was not much of that interracial dating at all. Mm. Um, and I think maybe part of that is that campus is not very diverse um, in the grand scheme of things. So people stuck together, I think, is a big part of it. But yeah, when I'm thinking about it, that definitely wasn't wasn't a big thing at Columbia, in my experience. I believe it. I will caveat that. <laughs> I, I can believe it. I can believe it. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna throw some uh, some stats to you and tell me what you think. Okay. Um, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start with the with the women. Okay. And these these uh, stats I'm throwing at you are came from a, uh, a kind of like a survey of scores, like quick match scores from this dating site, OkCupid, in okay. 2014. And essentially, it's like women rating men, and they right. rated they rated these, you know. And they kind of split up into Asian, Black, Latina, and White, and um, they rate they rated the same, uh, you know, corresponding uh, uh, races, okay. but being men, of course. And um, I want to see tell me what you think about this. So for Asian women, their rating was twenty four percent positive. For Asian men, twenty seven percent negative. For black men, and then you have uh, oh. for black women, you have twenty three percent for black women, for, uh-huh. uh, for in black men, and then you have at the lowest Asian men at thirteen <laughs> percent. It ain't funny. It ain't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It ain't funny. It ain't funny. <laughs> no, uh, no. Latina women. Uh, giving 18% for a Latino man, they're probably like the most kind of like slightly average of all of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think like they kind of have the most kind of like even kill for either one. And then you have for white women rating <laughs> white men at 19% and Asian men at negative 12%. And I find that very interesting. Um, First, let me, tell, me, tell me what you think about that. Um. <laughs> and, I, and then I'm going to read off the, the men and I'll tell you what okay. I think about that. Um, I, I don't know. That's very interesting. I don't really know what to think about that except for maybe that um, in those types of surveys, mm-hmm. you might think of um, a stereotype in your head and not necessarily stereotypes are a necessary thing for for people mm-hmm. you have to be able to stereotype um you know killer animals to survive thousands of years ago i have to know that if an animal has big ass teeth it's going to eat me so when i see the other animal with big ass teeth that one's going to eat me too mm-hmm. so stereotypes really are human nature very true um so i think maybe my first thought goes to the stereotypes of Asian men are, it's always like nerdy or like, you know, like the wimpy kid. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the first thought in a lot of people's heads. Um, Cause I feel like Asian men got played in that survey. Yeah, yeah they shout definitely, out to definitely. My Asian homies. You know what I'm saying? Out. Shout out, shout out to my Asian <laughs> homies. Shout out to, I got a, a actual 
um, a new coworker that I, I connected with named Frankie, who's, you know, who's uh, who's Asian, and he was cool as hell, swaggy as fuck, and he was after the, you know, he after the ladies, you know what I'm saying? He was high right. form. Frankie, hey, my was, Instagram, what's up? You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and it's like he was a smooth cake, sharp ass dresser. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like he was he's Filipino. He's he's Filipino. Get at my boy Frankie. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Frankie. Check him out. On, <laughs> You know, he in Chicago, you know, I think he take pictures too. So get that. All right. So, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I, I think that's very interesting though, how like all of them, you know, essentially stuck with who they're with. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And gave, you know, a various amount of, you know, ratings to whoever. Um, I find it funny that, you know, Latino women were the only ones who gave positive scores Okay, what Latino women and Asian women were the only ones who gave like positive scores to another race. You know what I'm saying? Like with uh, with Asian women, they gave the highest score to Asian men, and right next to that was white men. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then Mm -hmm. for uh, Latino women, it was the highest was Latino men and white men. So white men winning on this right now because. Because they have essentially, they have essentially three out of the four who were rating, right. and the black women gave them a negative six percent. You know, and I think yeah. it has had a lot to do with you know comfortability, culture change, all those Ab- different things. Absolutely. And then I'm okay. okay let me break down these men. Right? Men. These men. These men are ridiculous. I'm, I'm gonna keep it real with you. All it's, right. it's, it ain't, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. Um. And don't get mad once you hear this. Cause it's, okay, it's not I'm something not... I came up with. So, <laughs> starting out with Asian men, the Asian men rating. This is men rating women for the you know 2014 OK Cupid Quick Match scores. Their high highest score for Asian men was for Asian women at 15, percent and then their lowest score was for Black women at negative 20. percent Then you have Black men who. The, their highest score is literally tied. Okay. At two percent. That is their highest score for Asian women and Latino women, and then black women coming at one percent, and then you have their lowest score being white women at negative six percent. Okay. Then you have Latino men, uh, who who are rating uh. Who their highest rating was for Latino women at ten percent, and their lowest being for Black women at negative eighteen percent. Then you have white men rating at uh, their highest being Asian women actually at nine percent, and their lowest being Black women again at negative seventeen percent. So the only person to give them give Black hey, women you know- a High, like a positive percentile was black men, and it was still low as hell. Like all their scores are low. All their scores are low. And, and I'm you a, know what? Go ahead. I am going to stick with my the same answer I gave for Asian men, and I'm going to go back to stereotypes and what the stereotype of a black woman is. It is. Oftentimes, it's, it's so inaccurate. It's the worst. It is the worst. Let me let me just shout out all my beautiful black women listening to this out. podcast right now. Shout I see out. you. I see. You so fine, girl. <laughs> let me just do that right quick. But no, I think it does. Um, we have a very very negative stereotype: being angry. Yeah. That's the biggest one. The first one. Being sassy. Being Right, being seen as having too much attitude. I like white women because they're down. They don't ask me so many questions. Shit like that. Oh, can I curse? I'm sorry. Oh yes, this is this is as you need to be. And then and then you have the stereotype of Asian women, and that's why I find it being interesting that white men within this within this uh, specific you know OK Cupid scores gave Asian women the highest. I think that has a lot to do with just, you know, over time, you know, this whole, you know, stereotype of Asian women being very, you know, kind of subservient, very exactly. submissive, very quiet. I feel like white men, especially, you know, white men who have some 
type of status or want to create some type of status for themselves, they get down for shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I can slick around. I can do my thing. Ain't going to be bothered. And I think that's doing Asian women a disservice as well. It is. Because men enter into a relationship with Asian women because they think that woman's going to just do whatever he says. Exactly. And that's also accurate. That's also a stereotype. It is. I think it's it's doing Asian women a disservice as well. But I think when you frame it in terms of these stereotypes, it makes sense as to why the numbers came out the way that they came. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm not surprised. Black women are always at the bottom of the, the ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been true forever. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, doing my part uplifting my beautiful friends that are black, that are Afro-Latina, whatever. We yeah. see y'all out I, here. I do. We do. We do. And <laughs> and, and, and I, I feel like it's so, it's so, it's so beautiful that, you know, that the, the ties and the culture is changing and appreciating. And you, you can go on your social media, you can see a lot of bullshit, but at the same time, you can see a lot of praise. You can see a lot of different movements, a lot of different, you know, people who are, putting things out there to say you know no black girls rock no you got black girl magic telling these young girls telling telling these grown telling these grown ass women that they are you are it you've always been it yes never think that you're not it you're the shit you got it you know what i'm saying you know speaking of black women my girl just walked in the house right now hey baby Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it was I had to, it was a good time and I was on the road. It was like I spoke you up. You know, and I'm keeping That's that right. in. I'm that. keeping that Y'all in too. Right then. I'm keeping that in. But it's it's the truth though. And I feel like I've seen I've seen like different other other scores. Like I've seen one done by um I think BuzzFeed had did a video on it when they were speaking about different, you know, different types of men and women who are approached more often and black right. women got the end of the, you know the low end of that stick as well they're the least approached but right. the most open can you believe that like they're the, they're, they want they they are like whoever can come get me like ah, they white man black man asian man if you kind of right. cute whatever 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 but ain't nobody checking for them you see what i'm saying right. and yeah. that's and that's a very interesting thing especially especially you know when you really do your due diligence and do your research and i want everybody to do their research because this is one of the biggest reasons why you know i stand for black women is that black women are literally the only like from a dna and a biological standpoint are the only beings on this earth who can actually kind of produce everything you see what i'm saying like create all these different races yeah these things going that's how that's why they came to this conclusion that that first human must have been a woman must have been a black woman even more specifically so praise yourself y'all 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 good and old y'all the the original og i love it you're the original og so know that study that and praise yourself and tell your tell your little cousins your children your future children Absolutely. Tell your tell your mama that if she ain't never heard it, because some folks mamas ain't never heard it. You feel right. me? That's what right. we really. That's what people. What's ingrained? Everybody need to be ingrained with it. It needs to be deep within the culture, you know, right. because we got too much that's you know affecting us right now. So we really need to get our stuff together, you I, know. I agree, hundred percent. So when it comes to all this dating shit, y'all need to just that shit for the birds. Be open. You know what I'm saying? The only thing you really need to be knowing about these people are if they human or not. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's it. Keep it moving. Stay open. And, and because if you're already vibing, if you're already attracted, you already got to that point to where you cross that line into, I kind of want to know something more about you. Like, I see And you. it's already there. It's already there. Don't fight that. I bet it's been so many different relationships that have been skipped out on or never had because, you know, you've allowed either some prejudice you allow society to stop you from actually going after right that person. That's for men and women. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm because trust me, ladies, don't be don't be the type who feel like you always got to be approached. You can you can approach Uh-oh. men too, and trust me, Uh-oh. you will get some attention. You know what I'm saying? If done if done in the right way for that right person, trust. 
get, you, get your man. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or get you, or get your woman. You feel me? Or get your woman. Do that. Do your thing. You know, I, I plan. Like- I plan on doing. A, I plan on doing a podcast about you know where the the lines of you know race and home and uh and sexuality cross. So y'all look out for that one. But to just you know wrap wrap this all the way up. I wanted the last thing I wanted to ask you was one last thing I want to ask you before we wrap up is tell me let's talk about the advantages and disadvantages of this quote unquote yeah. ambiguity that, is that a you great that question. you that you possess you know um so let me start by saying I recognize that I make people more comfortable in certain spaces because of the way I present mm. and what that means is I am very fair-skinned. I think I mentioned that earlier. Um, so, in, in, but don't don't get me wrong. White people don't look at me and think I'm white. That never happens. But they're they're unsure, so they feel a little more comfortable. They they look at me and they think, oh, she she must understand. Oh, she looks that way, so they insert whatever story makes them feel more comfortable in that moment. And that's not something you can necessarily do when someone presents differently than I do. And I recognize that, especially in the type of situations I've been in, um, the type of school I went to, I'm in law now, which is, you know, a white male dominated force. Um, So I do, I recognize that they're I don't know if I would call it an advantage, but there is some difference in the comfortability level that white people as a whole have around me. Um, Little do they know, I'm super like (laughs) radical, (laughs) but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep that, keep that low right now. You know what I'm saying? That's lit. That's lit. I'm not gonna say too much. (laughs) It's lit. It's lit. But then the flip side of that is that my blackness is questioned constantly by other black people. Uh And that is my least favorite thing in the world Uh because I feel with everything in me, I fight for my communities Uh and for my people. And when someone has the audacity to question that because of the way I look when they don't know me, it really is a trigger for me that really just like, that's it, You, it's over. I don't, I'm not having this conversation, I'm upset because there's a real issue with that type of colorist view. Um, Drake grew up Jewish in Canada mm. and don't nobody question his blackness. Barack Obama grew up in Hawaii with his white grandparents. And nobody questions his blackness. And I feel like, those, and those are two men. Um, I could bring in some women, for example, Alicia Keys. Um, and I feel like they automatically get more respect, quote unquote, because they present in a certain way that I don't. And I've legitimately been approached and told you're not black and had to feel like I need to defend myself in some way because that person felt that my skin color or my hair texture means I'm not black. And I think that's such a dangerous and and vicious thing to perpetuate, mm-hmm. especially when you don't mo- know me and know how I grew up and where I'm from and what I'm doing. It's very oppressive. So, um, you know, I've gotten in arguments. I've gotten in arguments. I was in Atlanta. I was yelling, I was at a bar in an argument, and I'm not proud of that, but I also am a little proud of that because that's how much I feel about my identity and how much pride and strength I feel I have because I'm a black woman. So when someone questions that, it automatically sets something off for me. Mm -hmm. So I guess those would be the advantages and the disadvantages. And it's it's different in different places. It's different in the South. It's way different. I have family in the South. And shout out to Tyler, Texas. Shout out to Shreveport, Louisiana. Damn, we got Um, people in Shreveport? Shit. All right. (laughs) Woo, that's deep. 
that's 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 the south baby so it's it's different it's different there than it is in oakland than it is in new york for sure Um, i really i get to traverse these spaces in a way that that is is different and isn't it opens my eyes and oftentimes it's positive and oftentimes it's not but at the end of the day um it's all a learning tool and it all opens my eyes and really really does strengthen the I keep saying pride, but the just the happiness I feel with being a black woman. Mm, that's so beautiful. <laughs> it is, it is. And like I really I really applaud your your strength, you know, your tenaciousness to just your tenacity to really just snap back. You know what I'm saying? Try to, to not stay quiet, you know, because that person really might might have needed that and also I feel like I want to apologize for any, you know anyone who is black who who understands that because I feel like there's so many different you know ideals and ideologies that float around in people's heads even even the most conscious individuals right you know mm-hmm. you, you, you've been you've been in New York I know you probably seen it you know um right. even the most conscious individuals that you you can't believe you could, wouldn't even believe that that's the opinion that they have on people who who are you know multicultural right. and um and it's like bro like this is really extreme this is really i think you're really taking this to a, a whole new level do you if you believe that you know i already i'm already you're out out loud saying you identify as this and yet they still try to shame you right and try to tear down what you are and they have nothing to do with it's a terrible thing it's a very oppressive thing and i feel like that's how ingrained uh, you know, within the society of just, you know, oppressing the darker person or oppressing that person who who wants to be a part. You know, that's what's crazy. Like, we pushing out someone who, because you don't have to claim that. Like, your identity is yours to claim. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you, pre- you are presented, you know, aesthetically from just, you know, the way God made you to look the way that you look. But yet you mostly identify from your upbringing just from your own your own decisions your own just your all around you know social identity and just social norms to you that you connected with you identify as a black right and that's a beautiful i think that's a beautiful thing because you're comfortable i don't i don't want anyone to hear me saying this because i'm a black man her acknowledging that like it's kind of like oh yeah go for the home team it's more so that she's not um on the fence she's not torn you know it's better even if even if she came onto this podcast and said that i am i am both right now currently because that's what i'm all that's what i always am i can't it's never kind of like a flip-flop or back and forth so the fact that you are acknowledging your identity as you know as all of what you acknowledge on this podcast is a beautiful thing because i feel like people really really need to understand and take that home with them like understand you are so much and I, I I encourage everyone, you know, to if you got a big family or whatever, to ask your parents, ask the elders, you know, tell me more about my family, tell me more about where we come from, tell me more about my people as far back as you can, you know, study, study especially with children, especially with children, definitely tell the young children about where they come from, you know, there's studies being done by, there's studies being done, the studies have shown, I think it was, uh, I think I heard it from from uh, Dr. LaGroup, Professor LaGroup. And she she speaks on like how just knowing your family history, you know, increases this, you know, in, within childhood development, just knowing where who your great-grandfather was and all these different things, it helps with your own upbringing and identity as a whole, you know? Like if I'm over here, for some reason, got the neck or the great ability to, you know, build shit and push it together, but I never knew who my great grandfather was, who was like the best damn carpenter in Tennessee. You right. know what I'm saying? It's like, oh shit, that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm a great cook. And I, I'm like, if someone, I feel like I wouldn't even have made that full circle and that connection if, if my father and my mother wouldn't have told me the legend of a chef my grandfather was. They called this man Fat Perry and not because he was big. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, it's literally because he, he could throw the fuck down. You know what I'm saying? And that was in all the other men in my family who can cook extremely well because right. of him. And I right. feel like me not even getting that 
that's what's crazy because me not even being around my father as much. You know, I was around him at a very early age and he died out and me not being around and yet I still still there. Think, I still I still I still had that ability to, you know, whip something up, put something together. You know what I'm saying? And it tastes good. You know, my mom loves my cooking. She ain't never teach right. me how to cook. Right. You know, I had to figure it out. And I I I, I loved I love yeah. once once I got to it, I loved it, you know? And we all need to know where we come from, no matter how far back that is. And I encourage that for everyone, no matter what your ethnicity is. If you listen to this podcast, go back, listen to your folks and be welcoming and open up your arms to have a very, very human field, diverse human field family. That's what I'm going to say. A human field family. Like that. You see what I'm saying? Because I feel like people like to label and I feel like we clean the labels and that's why the world is so fucked up now because we've clean the labels and because people approach you and everyone else who seems quote unquote ra- racially ambiguous because you're really not ambiguous you're ambiguous to me because I don't know what you are but why right. should that affect anything that I feel towards you right you know I should never approach you with who what are you or where are you from you see what I'm saying because <laughs> automatically I'm saying that you're a question mark you're something that I can't figure out the thing about it is it's no it's no I'm not an equation you're not you as Sophia Jackson are not meant to be calculated or figured out. You're meant to be approached and either you welcome them in with welcome arms or you block their ass out. Simple as that. Either they're gonna understand who you are as Sophia Jackson and not as Sophia Jackson, the woman, Sophia Jackson, the biracial woman, Sophia Jackson, right. whatever, 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 whatever. Cause that's that's how people want to understand you. Because they have to be able to throw you in a box to understand you. That's what that's this whole American or American life that we live. That we have to throw you into a category for me to fully and oh, so you saying that because you're want to see that you saying that because you black. I see you saying that because no, you're saying that because you're Sophia Jackson. You know. Yeah. Before I let you go, I'm gonna have you do one thing. This is uh, my wild card. You feel me? Uh oh. Little wild card. <laughs> So this this whole podcast is inspired by you know article that was done um, a while back in 2013 by National Geographic. I know a lot of people may remember it was a, um, a picture that was posted, and you may remember it was a girl who had real fair skin, curly hair, these really really beautiful green eyes, and it said um, in the caption, you know, by 2050, this is how the average American is going to look. Um, right. mm-hmm. and, that, and that article is called "Visualizing Race, Identity, and Change." And I'll put the link under this. Uh, you know, in the description just for everybody to get to, um, just so you can read on your own. But it's one thing they did that was extremely interesting. And that was in in a very short way, in about let's say six words, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me like I guess what this experience or how you how you would express your cultural identity within six words. And I'll give you some examples. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, just tell me your experience. This can be positive or negative or however you feel your experiences have been. Um, a few examples is from Heather Brown out of Seattle. I am only Asian when it's convenient. Wow. Another one is by Maximilian Wilson from Olympia, Washington says, my mixed background means white enough. Wow. Okay. You know what I'm okay. saying? So in six words, Give me that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Can I do seven? <laughs> you, you can do seven. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Proud, black, Aussie. Oakland, California, raised me. Nah. <laughs> Say that again for me. Say that again for the people. Proud, black, Aussie. Oakland, California, raised me. Mm. And you said Avi? Avi. Avi short for Australian. Really? Yeah. I knew that. I knew that. So. Oh my God. Proud black Avi. Oakland. California, California raised. raised me. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I, I like I make that my Instagram bio. <laughs> Girl, yeah, that's it. That's it though. That's it. I like that. I like that. Well, I want to, you know, I really want to thank you. I really want to thank you. I feel like you're the perfect person to come on and talk about this. And, you know, if everyone 
enjoyed having Sophia on, you know, definitely let her know. Get up, you know, follow her. Shout her, shout, I'm definitely shouting her out on all of my things, you feel me? Get get to know her if you're in the area and you're studying law. You need your you need your study buddy. You you know if you're around the way, you just want to find more colleagues, create a group, get some shit together, get some stuff popping for the coach. You know, all of that. Connect, you know, and because she is she is currently you know in New York, whatever, you know. So definitely link, definitely give her all the praise for all the things she said, you know, and definitely you know just get at it and just praise her for everything she's doing. For her own personal gain and for her family and for the community. Well, thank you so much for having having me. It's always great talking to you, Adam. Oh, girl, it's always great talking to you too. I'm <laughs> glad. I'm glad I got your time. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad I got your time. You know, but for for the people who don't know and now you know, uh, you can listen to this on SoundCloud, iTunes, the TuneIn Radio app, as well as Stitcher. So you can listen to this on, if you listen to it now, you can listen to it on your favorite, whatever thing that you want to listen to. And yes, shout out to Podcast in Color. Just made that directory or whatever. It's a real dope directory of like a lot of different black podcasts. You know, advise everyone to check that out. If you really, if I'm the first podcast you're listening to and you really want to hear more things, because, you know, just to fill out your week or fill out your workout playlist or whatever you want to do. Listen to a few of those, you know. I suggest I got a lot of suggestions for you, so you can just hit me up. All right, but I'm gonna get back at y'all next week. Definitely keep tuning in. I love y'all for listening. Talk to y'all later. See y'all.